the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 111 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nowatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm 12. I'm Liam, and I'm 9. And we're back. Been a couple weeks. This is good. Summer schedule's kind of holding pretty good. School's impending. <laughs> you guys are happy about that? I'm, I'm reading Star happy Wars about books, that. It's, Star Wars uh, chapter you know. books. I don't read many chapter books. Oh. And I'm reading a Star Wars one. Yeah, called that? Origami Yoda by Tom Angleberger, mm-hmm. and this is why I said how now brown cow. I can talk this fast. Mm, yeah, so, good. Um, uh, Origami Yoda number one. Number one is called Origami Yoda, and then the second one is called Darth Paper Strikes Back, and then it's Chewbacca. The Fortune. The Fortune Wookie, um, and then it's Prince. Surprise Attack of Jabba the Puppet. Then it's Princess Label. Then it's Princess Label Maker, and then, and then Emperor it's Emperor Pickletine rides the bus. <laughs> wow. And they're about middle school kids who basically carry around finger puppets. Mm-hmm. And in the third book, they kind of make a rebellion. And mm. of like, and then like the last three books are about the rebellion. So yeah. they're kind of uh, like they're against this thing in their school called Fun Time, where they make they're in seventh grade and they watch like these really cheesy videos and stuff, and they make a rebellion against it. It's a really good book, <laughs> and it is. Kind of mature. Just so, like, if you have first graders like Anna was who read chapter books, you might want to wait until, like, seventh grade, something like that. I mean, first first grade. Wait until first grade? No, wait Wait until, like, second grade. (laughs) I don't know. Wait until fourth grade. Fourth, really? Wow. I say fourth and up. Okay. I say, like, second, Hmm. maybe, depending on... Depending on the person. Depending on the kids. Sure, sure. Depending on the adults and kids. And hmm. they're really good books about mm-hmm. middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, pretty much. So it's about middle school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I started reading them. I just finished the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really good. That surprises me that it's about middle school, actually. I did not realize that. Because I, it just seems like it's... Yeah, because of I the the titles of the books and stuff, it yes. seems like oh it should gosh, be yes. about the elementary kid, school. Um, the main kid is different. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have a mental illness or anything. He's just different. Hmm. Like, he I thought, I think, embarrasses his friends a lot. Oh, but yeah. he doesn't really care. Hmm. And uh, I thought he was on the autism spectrum. Is he not? No, no. no. He oh, just, I thought he was he might, autistic. I don't know. But okay. he gets... They haven't mentioned anything like okay, that. Okay. But he kind of gets, like, suspended, and mm-hmm. then his mom makes him go to a different school because... Mm-hmm. Which was his plan all along. Yeah, which was his pan all along because his girlfriend goes to that school. Oh. So he purposely switched to that school. Oh, okay. And so you like them. back. They're so <laughs> good. Wait, it changes back? Oh. Yeah. Spoilers! <laughs> okay, whatever. Okay. Anyway, so... Good books. I did not spoil that much. Okay. Really, really good books. Gets more mature as this year yeah. go on. Request reading them to, uh, I don't know, fourth, fifth, third, nine-year-olds, something like that. Uh-huh. 
And then also it has instructions on how to make all the origami oh my puppets, gosh. right? Which yeah, you've been you doing, can make origami Yodas, origami mm-hmm. Darth Vader's, origami Luke's, Princess mm-hmm. Leia's, Emperor Palpatine's, mm-hmm. R2-D2, C-3PO, Ewoks. Can you tell me Jabba, what, you, what you use the for the face of Emperor uh, Pickletine? Yeah. A pickle slice. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. A just like insert it there. Put insert the pickle on slice him. in his in his like hood, mm-hmm. which is kind of a triangle, yeah. and then it just stays there. And then <laughs> you put and and then you cut parts of a pickle out. You cut a mouth out of a pickle, and then you cut eyes out mm. of a pickle. Eyebrows out. And eyebrows out, yes. And then you use red candy for the eyes. Yeah. Wow. All right. And then you glue them onto the pickle slice and put it in there. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. that sounds ridiculous and funny. I said funny. a lot about those books. That's good. That's good. It's you're, like a mini review. You're excited to talk about them, and I'm happy to have you talk about them. So I'm read so them. glad I'm glad that you're reading them. Uh, you're not done with them, are you? Read them. You must. <laughs> a good one. Are you done with them yet? Uh, No. No. I have two books left. Cool. Good. Uh, two and a half. And, uh... So, yeah. The nice thing about those books is that we haven't had to take trips to the library over two days so you can get more graphic novels because these books actually take you longer to read. Yeah, so, um... <laughs> Sounds but good. They make me I own the first, second books. Oh, yeah, we own the first and second. Yep. The first and second. And yep. good books. Yeah, someone got those for you for your birthday. Yeah, I A couple forget years you, ago. But I'm, yeah. If anyone has listened to this, give, gave it to him. Just mm. comment and tell us. Mm, sure. Okay, but... I'm going to ask them for my birthday again, because I need all of them. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to know. Origami Yoda series by Tom Engelberger. And they give the people that their finger puppets, origami finger puppets, and people give advice with them, mm-hmm. and origami Yoda's advice, and I have like three origami Yodas that I give advice with. Yep. And I don't have them on my finger right now, which is kind of bad, but still, read them. You must. Oh, there you go. So, um, speaking of Tom Engelberger, if anyone wants to listen to an interview with him, uh, Chris from Star Wars Kids Cast did one on Star Wars Kids Cast. So, if you look up that podcast, Star Wars Daddy, Kids Cast, you can try to get him on you can, our podcast. <laughs> you want to see if he'll come talk to us? Uh, yeah, Please, maybe I'll reach out to him. I think he'd, I think he'd get a kick so out of that. Um, yeah, so. I know his voice. I've watched a, videos of oh, him yeah, making more right. Like, that's I know right. his voice. I know cool. what he looks like, which awesome. is kind of creepy, but. I <laughs> Well, other people know your voice. That's not creepy, oh. right? Oh, it's still creepy. <laughs> it you kinda? haven't met me, people, but <laughs> I am someone, and I live in the... You, you know this already. Never mind. Okay. Go on. So, so yes. Uh, anyway, that interview that Chris did with Tom Engelberger is great. Uh, Star Wars Kids Cast, look it up. Um, last time we recorded, we talked about how we were going to go see Mikhail Schick. And meet her and uh, have some ice cream with her. And we did. And it was and, really fun. And it was fun, just like and we said it was going was to good. be. And the ice cream was great. <laughs> and the conversation was great. And uh, yeah, and she gave us, uh, she gave you kids uh, a couple bobbleheads. A TIE a, Fighter bobblehead? Yeah, first order TIE Pilots. Yeah, and, and then a uh, Dooku. Dooku one. Yeah, so thanks again, McCall, for that. They're, and they're was, displayed in the dining room. They are displayed in the dining room. Yeah. It was great to meet you, Mikhail, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at Celebration. So excited! Um, 
So something that we just did this last weekend was what we call Us Fest, which is where we get together with a bunch of friends at a really nice cabin. It's uh, like our third family, basically. Yeah, this is the 11th year that we've done it in a row. Um, and it's kind of our, our friend family that we get together with. And we've had some of them on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. Ella, Greta, um, and Nils were on the podcast uh, early on in the show. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then, you know, Evan and Wyatt. Evan and Wyatt were they also were on, on the there. show, yeah, and they were there too. Um, um, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think uh, did uh, did we get a? I think we got a voicemail or something from either Edie or Anton. I can't remember. So they were on the show. And I think we've mentioned Emma saying stuff about our Star little Wars our before. little friend, our little uh, yeah. yep, our our friend's kid Emma. Has, uh, we've mentioned her before. She's a two and a half year old Star Wars fan. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it was that's. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was um, so fun. And uh, and one of the great things was that Ella and Greta brought their Rebels uh, Season 4. I think Ella buys those with her own money, mm. if I'm not mistaken, uh, because she wants to see them so bad. <laughs> so you guys watched with them most of the fourth season. Most of the fourth season. Uh, about- ended, ended with an episode that was pretty hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to mm. say it for anyone who hasn't uh, seen Rebels, because I don't want to spoil it. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> Did see it? You probably know yeah. what we yeah. mean. Yeah, there's a there's a what a four three or four episodes after that still. Yeah. Um, no, I think it was like five. Five. Or six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five or six. So yeah, so I really am looking forward to seeing what they think of the rest of that season. Yes. Um, but it was great. It has been it's out just for a while, so it, it has been people probably know. But. That's true. It's just great to watch. I love watching that show and watching Star Wars with someone who hasn't seen it yet. It's you know, awesome. who hasn't seen those episodes yet? You know, and, and you guys, the Rungans. We always yeah. watch Rebels with the Rungans. <laughs> and you guys did great. Uh, you guys did great. And it was really hard not spoiling it though. Not spoiling I was. Stuff I and, wanted yeah. to like, like curl up before to be like, here it comes. But I wasn't. Mm, I just yeah. had to like sit waiting and for the destruction. <laughs> and then you all gave turns giving hugs and yeah, it was. You're very. I just got up nice. and I was like. You need a hug. Yeah. You need a hug. Yeah. You need a hug. I literally just said that to everyone and gave them hugs. Yes. Because so. they needed hugs. Hugs all around. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Good let's job. stop talking about this. All right. So, so yeah, that's kind of the Star Wars stuff that we've been up to. Um, now we're going to head on over to the news. So, one of the largest newspapers in the country, the New York Times, probably the most widely read newspaper in the United States of America, uh, has a piece in it today. Uh, This is Tuesday that we're recording this on, August 21st. Um, Also, just a little fun little note, uh, it's uh, your mother and my... um, Anniversary! It is our 14th anniversary. Got married 14 years ago today. Yep, so that's awesome. Um, anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Love you, baby. <laughs> Who loves you? I love you. <laughs> uh, it's been 14 years of an awesome marriage. and Just really great. And, uh, you know, my life it's is amazing. pretty much where I want wanted it to be. Better than I could have imagined. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right, so, um, but anyway, in the New York Times today... Pretty, yes, Liam, pretty good. In the New York Times today, uh, Kelly Marie Tran has a piece that she wrote. And uh, it uh, it's, we've been talking about 
the last, not the last couple episodes, but the episodes before that, we talked about how there have been some just awful fans of Star Wars. Um, people who uh, basically said just horrible things to Kelly Marie Tran on Instagram, and she had to quit for her own good. She had to just, like, delete mm-hmm. her account. Um, people who have sent death threats to Ryan Johnson and I think Kelly Marie Tran as well. Um, just really, really awful, horrible, no excuse for it. Just the worst. The worst of humanity. You know, the worst we... Well, yeah. It's up there with the worst we have to offer. Um, and uh, so, you know, she's been off of social media. And um, anyway, she wrote this. And I, and I think instead of, like, summarizing it, I just want to read it. And it's kind of long, but I'm just going to read it. Because I think, you know, it was really... Um, she didn't have to write this, you know, she shouldn't have had to write this. Mm-hmm. And, and like we, the reason we talked about this already, right. Is because like, it's, it shouldn't be on the people who are being hurt to speak out. It should be on, it should be the responsibility of the other Us. people who are witnessing it. Right. We yeah. We are right. We're witnesses. Right. And we want to be allies. And we, we want to use it, our, everybody. well, we've talked about it and said how horrible it was. Yeah. Um, you know, we called it out and said, this is not okay. And we could have said nothing and just ignored it. And I have done that in the past with you kids because I don't want you kids to have to always, you know, be thinking about how horrible people are. And I <laughs> but at the same time, I try to find the right, great people, but right. sometimes it's hard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, so if true. Anybody, if things like this happen, I want you to tell me, daddy. Yeah, I know. I know, and I don't. I want to just and not you guys know and do nothing about right. it, right? And you guys are old enough now that you can you can hold these two things in your mind at the same time. You can hold this idea that there's evil and there is horrible people and horrible actions in the world that need to be uh, stood up against, and also that you're kids and have fun, yeah. Because you know it's important for us everybody to be able to have fun, right? And enjoy, enjoy your life. Have fun while you can until you're an adult and you have a bunch of weight on your shoulders. (laughs) So true. Okay. Well, you have to. Well, hopefully you can start your own, you know, podcast. Some people are like, why can't kids vote? Kids Kids want to vote. It's like that Brandy Carlisle song. Keep your heart young. Yeah. But why can't (laughs) kids vote? Kids want to vote. You can't vote. That's also a good thing. You Mm. don't have to vote. Yeah. You don't have to decide yeah, who's going to do these things. It's a lot of you responsibility. You just let them decide. Yeah. So, okay. So what I'm saying is kids that are, are really lucky, especially when they have awesome dads like mine. Oh, well, And thanks. moms. And moms. And moms. So true. Okay. So here is what, um, in her own words, Kelly Marie Tran. It wasn't their words. It's that I started to believe them. Their words seem to confirm what growing up as a woman and a person of color already taught me, that I belonged in margins and spaces, valid only as a minor character in their lives and stories. And those words awakened something deep inside me, a feeling I thought I had grown out of. The same feeling I had when at nine, I stopped speaking Vietnamese altogether because I was tired of hearing other kids mock me. Or at 17, when at dinner with my white boyfriend and his family, I ordered a meal in perfect English to the surprise of the waitress, who exclaimed, Wow, it's so cute that you have an exchange student. Their words reinforced a narrative I had heard my whole life, that I was other, 
that I didn't belong, that I wasn't good enough, simply because I wasn't like them. And that feeling, I realize now, was and is shame. A shame for the things that made me different. A shame for the culture from which I came from. And to me, the most disappointing thing was that I felt it at all. Because the same society that taught some people they were heroes, saviors, inheritors of the manifest destiny ideal, taught me I existed only in the background of their stories, doing their nails, diagnosing their illnesses, supporting their love interests, and perhaps the most damaging, waiting for them to rescue me. And for a long time, I believed them. I believed those words, those stories carefully crafted by a society that was built to uphold the power of one type of person, one sex, one skin tone, one existence. It reinforced within me rules that were written before I was born, rules that made my parents deem it necessary to abandon their real names and adopt American ones, Tony and Kay, so it was easier for others to pronounce, a literal erasure of culture that still has me aching to the core. And as much as I hate to admit it, I started blaming myself. I thought, oh, maybe if I was thinner, or maybe if I grow out my hair, and worst of all, maybe if I wasn't Asian. For months, I went down a spiral of self-hate into the darkest recesses of my mind, places where I tore myself apart, where I put their words above my own self-worth. And it was then that I realized I had been lied to. I had been brainwashed into believing that my existence was limited to the boundaries of another person's approval. I had been tricked into thinking that my body was not my own, that I was beautiful only if someone else believed it, regardless of my own opinion. I had been told and retold this by everyone, by the media, by Hollywood, by companies that profited from my insecurities, manipulating me so that I would buy their clothes, their makeup, their shoes, in order to fill a void that was perpetuated by them in the first place. Yes, I have been lied to. We all have. And it was in this realization that I felt a different shame. Not a shame for who I was, but a shame for the world I grew up in. And a shame for how the world treats anyone who is different. I am not the first person to have grown up this way. This is what it is to grow up as a person of color in a white-dominated world. This is what it is to be a woman in a society that has taught its daughters that we are worthy of love only if we are deemed attractive by its sons. This is the world I grew up in, but not the world I want to leave behind. I want to live in a world where children of color don't spend their entire adolescence wishing to be white. I want to live in a world where women are not subjected to scrutiny for their appearance or their actions or their general existence. I want to live in a world where people of all races, religions, socioeconomic classes, sexual orientations, gender identities, and abilities are seen as what they always have been, human beings. This is the world I want to live in, and this is the world that I will continue to work toward. These are the thoughts that run through my head every time I pick up a script, or a screenplay, or a book. I know the opportunity given to me is rare. I know that I now belong to a small group of privileged people who get to tell stories for a living. Stories that are heard and seen and digested by a world that for so long has tasted only one thing. I know how important that is, and I am not giving up. You might know me as Kelly. I am the first woman of color to have a leading role in a Star Wars movie. I am the first Asian woman to appear on the cover of Vanity Fair. My real name is Loan, and I am just getting started. Awesome. Wait, so that does that mean she changed her name? Mm-hmm. Her name was changed as well. 
or she changed it to her, yeah, has an, an American name and a real name. You did air and quotes when you were saying American. I did air Real quotes name. for American. Yeah. Can you send that to me? So, oh yeah. Sure. I want to send that to my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So, uh, there is a, and the reason I know, it, it looks like loan. The word looks like loan, like car loan. But on Twitter, uh, Kim Iverson, at Kim on the other left, or Kim on the left, uh, says, uh, Vietnamese lesson number one, Kelly Tran's real name is Loan. Loan is pronounced Loan, but said really fast with emphasis on the on part. Loan. Oh, so even I mispronounced it again. Loan. Loan. Uh, just a friendly FYI, since I know you're all out there saying loan like car loan. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. So, hat tip to Kim Iverson. Uh, and I retweeted that, so you can just go to, our, you know, Force Children also. If you go to our Twitter, you'll see that, that tweet. And then, of course, follow follow Kim. Uh, so yeah, so I will send that to you, Anna, for sure. Um, I think it's really, yeah, it was awesome. It's inspiring. And I'm so, you know, glad that she wrote it and also angry that she had to. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, but, uh, it's really brave, I think, of her to do that. that. If she were just to cower down, be like, you're right, right you're right, and not go out there and write that, mm-hmm. then they would win. Right. Yes. So she she rose up, and that's awesome. Yeah, she rose. Ha <laughs> ha. Hmm. That's funny. Um, I didn't even mean it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, no, that's a good point, Anna. That, that gets to something I wanted to talk about, about how... You know, uh, people have told us, your mom and I in the past, that, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to talk to you kids about stuff like racism, because if you talk about it, then, you know, like, you, you shouldn't have to think about that. And if you, if we just didn't talk about it, then it wouldn't exist. You know, if we didn't talk about race, you know, <laughs> um, but of course Who that's not true. That? People say that. Did people you do say that? that. Um, I think maybe back when I was in like high school, I used to think that way. Yeah. Like, uh, why does it always Ignorance have to be about race? Bliss. Oh, well, I don't know if it was bliss, okay. but, but it was, you know, yeah, it's ignorance. That's for sure. And ignorance in itself is not a bad thing. It just means you don't know something. That's what ignorance is. But if you don't know something and you, and you know that you don't know it and you don't try to learn about it, then that's willful ignorance is what that's called. You are willfully staying ignorant. You're not trying to become less ignorant, right? And that's pretty much inexcusable unless, of course, you have a ton of other stuff going on in your life and you just don't have the time to become less ignorant. You know, <laughs> maybe you just, all you have time for is work and sleep. And, uh, you know, then I wouldn't really fault someone like that for, you know, maybe not learning new things, right? So we always have to be aware of what we're talking about, who we're talking about. You know, there's all sorts of kinds of people, um, different abilities to learn, stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I try to teach you kids about love and to do that, um, I have to, we have to talk about hate. Mm -hmm. We can't, we cannot talk about love without talking about hate because you have to know, you have to know what hate looks like. You know, you can't just say, oh, I just love everything. And that's the end. No, like you, we need to find, we need to find out, you know, we need to understand how there are 
are things in place, even someone who says, oh, I just love everything, you know, those people could be doing things that are reinforcing systems of hatred, like racism and classism and sexism, right? So, uh, it reminded, I was just, I thought about how, you know, just, and just saying like that hate is bad, like that's not enough. We need to, we need to point it out and give examples of it. And, um, it reminds me of in South Park, there's this teacher who would talk to the kids and he'd say, uh, drugs are bad. Okay. Drugs are bad. You know, like, don't do drugs because drugs are bad. Oh, yeah. drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Okay. Yeah, drugs that's what bad. he said. <laughs> so, and it was kind of making fun of that whole idea that, like, you teach kids that drugs are bad and then all of a sudden they're just not going to do drugs. No, we have to talk about what is it about drugs, you know? Like, why are drugs bad? But uh, bringing it back to Star Wars, you know, I think about the Jedi and how they didn't really teach... That like Jedi younglings and Padawans and stuff, they never really learned about the Sith. They just learned that the Sith are bad and to fear them and to fear becoming Sith, right? Right? Like Palpatine said, you know, something to Anakin about the Sith, and Anakin's like, no, I don't know that story, you know, and Palpatine's like, well, it wouldn't be, that's not something the Jedi would tell you, you know? Like Palpatine was right. The Jedi didn't teach. They didn't teach the themselves Jedi about the Sith flawless. at all. The Jedi are not good people sometimes. Well, <laughs> what? I, well, I think that they the okay, way they're still they they don't they do not teach the teaching style. Sometimes, is, sometimes they don't teach the not very well. Like they're not that. flawless. Yeah, they their teaching style is. Um, you know, they had this this all these like Sith things were off limits, right? Instead of like saying like here is what. Here's why someone might be Sith, right? And here's reasons why not to be. be. Right, exactly. But, you know, like, we don't, like, knowledge is power. Knowing things is good. Like, is there ever, is I don't know. Like, there's, I guess there may be certain things that we shouldn't know, but I don't know about that. I think knowledge is always a good thing. The more we know, the better. Um, It's just what we do with the knowledge, right? Yeah. So, and the more you know, the more you know what knowledge is okay, what knowledge is like bad, bad stuff, and what knowledge is good stuff, the more you will make more good decisions. Yeah. So, instead of having things that are off limits, I guess, right? Yeah. And, uh, and like that Yoda arc in season six of the Clone Wars when he went and faced the dark Yoda, remember, and he kind of faced his dark side. Uh, I think he realized then that that's kind of where the Jedi went wrong. That like, because Yoda thought he had no dark side. He thought, no, I'm above that, right? And even he realized, oh no, I actually do have a dark side. I have, I have that ability within me, you know. And uh, so yeah, the Jedi should have talked about hate, and we have to talk about hate, and we have to put it out in the open and shine light on it, uh, because hate only moves around in the shadows, you know. It's allergic to light. Silence, being silent, never hurts hate. It always helps it. As Howard Zinn, the historian, said, you can't be neutral on a moving train. I'm sure you've heard me say that before. I don't understand. What does that mean? If you're standing on a train, you're going somewhere. Right? So even if you don't move, you're still moving. Right? So you could jump off the train. You could try to stop the train. You can try to walk backwards on the train. You can do stuff on the train. You know, you, but if you just sit there, 
uh, if you sit on the train and don't do anything, you're, not you're still, yeah, but you're still going somewhere, you know? You're not so moving, you can't, but you're going somewhere. Right. We are all on, a, on the train of, of, of history, right? And think of like how, like which way is our country moving right now, right? If we do nothing and say nothing and just sit still, are we not still moving on the train? Yes, we are. Right? So we need to do things to try to stop the train. Or if the train is going in the right direction, then that's okay, right? But if it's not, then we need to try to turn it around. Or we need to jump off and do our own thing, right? Mm -hmm. But just doing nothing. Or you do nothing if you agree with where the train is going, I guess. But even then, you're still doing something, right? You're doing nothing. Right? You're still <laughs> yeah. doing... You're still moving, right? So, anyway... Um, You're allowing it to happen. That's doing something. Basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran. Um, awesome. Or Luan Tran, right? I mean, I don't know if she wants to be, uh, if she's, like, going Luan. to change. Like, Luan. 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 Um, so, I guess, you know, it'll we'll kind of wait to see if in the credits for, like, Episode 9, it says Kelly Marie or Luan. Um, you know, I'm not sure if she is going to make that change, like, kind of... Well, not change, I guess. Change back, I guess, to what her name actually is. Uh, permanent, or, you know, if she'll still go by Kelly Marie, I'm not sure. So, we'll see. But, uh, man, that was a powerful piece. and Very. I'm just so glad she wrote it, and I don't mean to, like... I don't mean to personally take any sort of credit for it or anything by reading it. It feels a little weird for me to read it. Like, I wish that she, there was, like, audio of her reading it. I mean, I, if there was, I would have just put that on the show, obviously. Um, but I don't. I also don't want to assume that everybody listening to this has already read it. And I really think it's important to hear. So I wanted to put it out there for everybody listening, just in case they hadn't read it. But, of course, you can go read it yourself. Um, just Google Kelly Marie Tran, New York Times, and it'll be, you know, the first, if not one of the first things that pop up. All right. Other news. Uh, the Resistance trailer came out. Awesome. The one minute trailer. And it came out on the Disney YouTube uh, page, not the Star had, like, Wars the YouTube. the Disney guy doing the, all the trailers and stuff talking in it, didn't it? No. I think it did, yeah, at no. the very end. It said, Star Wars Resistance coming oh. out of this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It has the Disney the guy very, talking. At the very it. end of it? Yeah, you might be right, actually. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you guys want to watch it uh, one more time and then yeah, we can talk yeah, about it really quick? Yeah. Okay, let's watch it. All right, we'll watch it really quick and uh, be right back. This should be good. Here we go. Star Wars Resistance, in all new series, premieres Sunday, October 7th at 10 on Disney Channel. Yes! <laughs> On the Disney Channel. It's such a weird uh, All right, fine. You don't you don't like the voice. So so yeah, that's the that's the trailer. Um, I thought it looked pretty cool. We got an email from Nick uh, from London, and uh, he said unpopular opinion. <laughs> he said I really didn't like the first look Star Wars Resistance trailer. The animation style was strange and tacky. The characters seemed like we've seen them all before. Disney, I was expecting more. I hope the show is better than the trailer, he said. <laughs> so, not everybody's going to love everything. Uh, Nick, I I hear you. Uh, it could be that it just doesn't, you know, resonate with some people. I don't know. Um, I think I... I liked it. Yeah. But the 
It was confusing. Yes. It was not very well edited, in my opinion. I'm with you there. He says, yes, yes, yes. Or what? super loud stuff like that. A oh. lot. <laughs> okay, so Thank yes. So I. Oh, my. Here or, we go. Yes. Yeah, okay. Here we go. I'm really <laughs> excited for it. Yeah, but it yeah, was yeah. weird. The trailer was weird. I agree. The editing of that trailer, I, I agree. I totally agree with Nick. Okay. I mean, not the style of, was strange and daggy. That's not really what I agree with. Yeah. But I just think, I think, I hope that the TV show is going to be better than the trailer. Okay. Because the trailer was really confusing, and I hope that the mm. TV show isn't that confusing. I agree that the trailer was confusing. Uh, There's a lot of characters in it. A lot that of characters. That one girl with like the things yeah. right below her eyes looks yeah. like Diva from Overwatch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, so I think for us, like the animation style, I think the three of us, we all liked it, right? Yeah, I'm I thought used it looked to really it cool. Because it looks like both the Voltron it, style. It, it does of. have a similarity to Voltron. Yeah. Um, so we and we watch Voltron, so I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, we've been watching quite a bit of Voltron this summer. Uh, we haven't caught up yet, but we're Not we're getting right. there. Um, I think it looks better than Voltron because, like, in Voltron, there's a lot of just panning a still image and making it look like it's moving. But, um, like, this, I would have been sort of disappointed if the Resistance had exactly the same style as Voltron because I expect more. But, uh, but yeah, it looks good. Um, is Voltron a Disney show? No, Voltron is not Disney. It's Netflix, it's Netflix actually. Yeah. But it's based on an old... An old TV show. Um, yeah, so it uh, turns out this is set about six months before The Force Awakens. Good to know. Uh, that was not in the official release, but a Twitter user by the name of Jose Ruiz, who is Darth underscore Hardy, by looking at the source code on the Star Wars website. So there's like this thing where you can go and look at kind of like the, like what's underneath the flashy images, you know, and like all the coding and stuff. And uh, there were words in there that said, set six months before The Force Awakens, but that never actually made it to like the the actual release. So it's a pretty cool bit of a, cool bit of investigation there that yeah. uh, found out six months before The Force really Awakens. I still understand it, but you can yeah. excited to me like Yeah, I can show you what it looks like, actually. Because we can do it on our computer, too. Okay. Um, and the StarWars.com, you know, press release for uh, Resistance has more information about what it's about, including the first uh, couple episodes. Uh, so Kazuda Ziono is the name of that young pilot. We knew that already. Uh, recruited by the Resistance. Uh, and then we get an introduction to the Colossus, which is a massive refueling platform on an outer rim ocean planet. So that's we the place, that. the Colossus. Yeah, that's what the, it's called. What was that? All about the throwing and falling? Yeah, that's Don't where they were. Don't pay attention to it. And that, it seems like that's where the whole thing takes place, pretty much, on this refueling platform. It's kind of like which, the wheel. Sort of. Freemakers. And I think it is kind of like the wheel in that it's not owned by the Resistance, or by the Rebellion, or by the First Order. It's just a place to go. It's a gas station. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think anyone can use it, right? It doesn't it's have even station, like a Sith and a Jedi. Right. Like they go in there to use it, and they're like, <gasps> and it's like no fighting. Okay, right, sure, maybe I don't know. Um, so yeah, then, except it's it's not it's instead it's like uh, metal parts and fix um, parts to fix your ship instead of chips and soda. Mm, sure. And gum and stuff like that. <laughs> although, and gas. although I think there is a cook in this trailer. Um, 
There is uh, someone who kind of looks like a Crowloot, uh, which is, remember, um, Ankar Plutz uh, species. Uh, I have an image here of, yeah, there there she is. So it looks like she's sitting behind like a bar and uh, looks like a, a she because she's got blush and lipstick, lipstick on, on, sort of. Uh, but yeah, pretty cool. So, you know, it's a refueling station with like a cantina on it. And look at her tattoo there. What do we see? Space waffle! A space waffle and some knives some or something, knives, you know. Like crisscross knives. Yep. Uh, so space waffles look like... Uh, I think we saw those in Rebels. Either Zeb eating them or possibly Iron Squadron. It looks like a pizza slice except a waffle. Yeah, yeah. Look at this art on the wall. What is this? That's like art on the wall. There's this little, like, statue. It's like I don't a know. little... Like a doll or something. Yeah. That's a godel in the background. Godel. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was like Yodel. a little her little pet on her head or something. <laughs> no, but no, funny. that's in the background. <laughs> that's in the background. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, and we got. Well, I just feel bad for her if nobody was at her bar. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe it's you know middle of the day or you know after, in between lunch and supper. I don't know. So we got some more information about. Um, about the first episode. In the one-hour premiere, the recruit, Poe and BB-8, assign Kaz. So it looks like Ka Kazuda will be abbreviated to Kaz in the show, mostly. Uh, so Poe assigns Kaz to the Colossus, where he meets a cast of colorful new aliens, droids, and creatures. While undercover to spy on the growing threat of the First Order, Kaz works as a mechanic and lives with Poe's old friend, Jaeger a veteran pilot who operates a starship repair shop run by his crew, Tam, Niku, and a battered old astromech called Bucket. So, I think Niku's the diva-looking person. Oh, maybe, maybe. And then um, Tam's the, um, the green alien. I don't know. I don't know. We saw Yeager. a lot of people. Jaeger is like the, the guy with dreads, kind of, maybe. The, I don't think I saw Bucket. Bucket. There I was a droid. There was a droid with like a pilot's helmet on. Didn't look like an astromech droid, but it might be. Can they look at? Can we'll, we watch we'll, it? we'll watch it later. No, we'll I just want to see it again, yeah. so I can like it, look at this stuff. Yeah, and kind yeah of I know. We'll, we'll watch it later. Okay. But once it comes to your spy business, I want no part of it. Right. So so that's you know where it comes to like, I think. You know, they're just trying to be neutral. They're not trying to fight for one side or the other. That This is not a rebel base or a resistance base. It's just a gas station. And and I guess, you know, maybe they're, they're within the New Republic, right? So they're a New Republic gas station, right? But they're not like a military outpost or anything like that. Um, uh, Alan Voivod from Star Wars 7x7 kind of compared this to, if anyone knows Star Trek, which I know you kids don't, uh, Deep Space Nine which is about a space station and it's not, you know, they were just a space station, like a neutral place where anybody can come and, and, uh, you know, talk to each other and stuff. What's up, bud? Just going to shoot this out. I still think Rebels is going to be better than this because <laughs> Rebels <laughs> is, but this is going to be good. I also like Rebels art style better. Mm, well, yeah, this is going to be on the Disney channel and not Disney XD. Usually shows that are on the Disney Channel are kind of geared toward a little bit younger audience than the Disney XD shows. So I think this show, you know, is going to be a little younger than Rebels. But I'm sure they'll make it good for everybody because they know that everybody's going to be watching it. Um, and the fact that it's on the Disney Channel means more people will see it. 
And that's a good thing, because less people have Disney XD. So that's good. Um, but yeah, uh, so speaking of this and Rebels and kind of how it's going to compare, uh, one way in which this is different from Rebels is that Dave Filoni is not working day-to-day on Resistance. Uh, we thought he was going to be, but now it, seemed, it, it came out that, uh, I think because of the Clone Wars is you know, getting restarted, or at least 12 episodes of it are coming out, and I think, (laughs) well, for Dave Filoni, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, something that, that's, that's his, that's his baby, that's his baby, so, uh, so Dave Filoni talked to IGN, the website, and he had this to say, he said, so right now, Resistance is a bit different, in that I'm not on that day-to-day, I created it, and set it in motion, but I've given that to other people to raise up, people that I've worked with a long time, who I think deserve the opportunity to tell stories, and I think it's exciting, and I give them my thoughts and notes. I was just doing that this morning, like George would give me, so that's fun. So he's kind of like the George Lucas to Resistance. Oh my gosh, that must <laughs> um, be so big for him. Yeah, yeah. So um, those people he was talking about who are working on it now, I think, are... Uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels people who had worked, you know, these people worked on Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, Athena Portillo, Justin Ridge, and uh, Brandon Auman, who had worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, those are all the executive producers. And uh, Amy Beth Christensen is the art director, and she was the one who did, I think we talked about this before, a lot of the concept artwork for Rebels. Like that Rebels poster that you have hanging up in your room, Liam. I think it's temporarily down. Uh, of the crew and the ghost, you know, like that really, the first oh, big yeah. awesome painting of them, you know. Uh, that, that was by her. Uh, so, yeah. I did something to yeah, it. You, yeah, you... Yeah, I remember that! <laughs> you, you were pretty sad after a Rebels episode and you crossed somebody out. <laughs> anyway, we won't get into it too much because of spoilers, but... Uh, Okay, so yeah. so that's resistance. Uh, another I took it down because someone who hadn't watched Rebels was. <laughs> you didn't. With me. You didn't want to have the conversation with them and spoil it for them. So you took it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. So another TV show. Remember the John Favreau live action TV show? Uh, John Favreau, oh, yeah. Happy. Remember Happy from Happy. Iron Man? Well, that's John Favreau. He did the voice for um, Pre Vizsla in the Clone and what's Wars. His name? Oh, Rio. Yeah, yeah. Rio. Rio Durant. Rio Durant. I love Solo. Rio. Yeah, that. yeah. So he's he's doing that live action TV show that's going to be on Disflix. Copyright 2018. Children of the Force. Why do you uh, always say that? When you do <laughs> because that? Liam thought of the name Disflix, so it, we own that name. <laughs> I own that name. Liam owns that name. Okay. Um, copyright me. <laughs> so it came if out. They make it. It's mine. Okay. That this show is going to cost about $10 million per episode. What? Which is very good news for Star Wars TV, because that is as much as HBO spent on Game of Thrones for the first, like, four seasons of it. Uh, And Game of Thrones looked like a movie. I mean, the effects were amazing. Everything about it looked almost perfect, you know? Uh... So ten million awesome. an episode—that's a lot. It's a lot of money. Kids and adults, so <laughs> get more appreciated. Game of Thrones, kids. yeah. So oh. kids could watch it, <laughs> and then they'd, it wouldn't, be, they'd be more appreciated. It wouldn't be as popular if it was for kids and adults. That would not have happened. Um, and it's based on books that were not for kids. So, but I, yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. Game I just of Thrones were books. Let's. Oh yeah, they're still books. He still hasn't finished the book series. What? Yep. 
the uh, the but the makers of the TV show they went on without him because he's taken so long to write the next book uh, with his blessing of course I mean he didn't say you can't do that and they did it anyway uh, anyway so I'm just hoping that whatever John Favreau does has a good story and acting because we know now that it's going to look great they're not gonna like they're not gonna skimp on how much it costs to make special effects what about the new tv show that game that the game of thrones people are doing that's not a tv show that's a series of movies we don't know how many but and then john favreau is doing a tv show this will be uh on the disney streaming service okay yep happy is doing a tv show Happy is making a TV show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not just happy, of course. He actually was the director of Iron Man and Iron Man 2, and basically uh, yeah. he's responsible for how successful the Marvel Studios thing is right he's now. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's news. Uh, let's get a little bit of canon news here. The canon news song, yeah. The canon news song, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This canon news has... Big spoilers for Thrawn Alliances, so be warned. So I finished reading Thrawn Alliance, and there's a lot of stuff in there. But what I wanted to talk about today was, I've always had this question, when or if Vader found out that Palpatine had been playing everybody the whole time? I know Anakin didn't know when he became Vader. Uh, He didn't know that this had been Palpatine's plan all along to get the separatists and the Republic fighting and that Dooku was actually, you know, Palpatine's uh, apprentice and that they were both Sith together. They were working together the whole time. Did, did, when did Vader find that out and how did he react when he found that out? That's huge. I mean, like to realize like, Oh, this person who I trusted enough to become, you know, the second most evil person in the galaxy, right. Uh, was lying to me the whole time. The whole time, not just at the end, but the whole time, you know? So the question I've had, I've had about whether or not Vader knew if he ever found out, right, that the Emperor had been planning this all the time, the whole, like, basically what we see happen in the prequels, did Vader ever find that out? Thrawn Alliances answers it, yes. He did find out. Uh, There's a passage that says, uh, because there's this uh, factory, right? And Vader says, what Vader knew now, as he's thinking this, what Vader knew now, what the Jedi, which is how Vader refers to Anakin, when he thinks about himself as Anakin, he thinks about the Jedi. He doesn't even use the name Anakin, or he doesn't say me, right? He just says the Jedi. What the Jedi had never known was that the factory was being secretly overseen by Chancellor Palpatine, who saw in the Cortosis an extra guarantee of success for his upcoming Order 66. So, uh... What's Cortosis? Do you remember Cortosis? Honestly, like, Cortosis is is one of those words that led me to start this podcast. That led us to start this podcast. Because I remember back, Liam, you were obsessed with Cortosis. Remember when you, you were so young, you probably don't remember it, we would do lightsaber fights, right? And, uh, and we'd be fighting in the backyard with lightsabers, and you'd say, I have Cortosis armor! And that meant that my lightsaber couldn't go through it. Because I told you about Cortosis. It's like this special metal. Well, in Thrawn Alliances... Thrawn Alliance? (laughs) Seriously, I can't remember um, if it's Alliance or Alliances. Um, But uh, in this book, they have Cortosis. It's a real thing. It's not really metal. Um, Well, there is a factory during the Clone Wars. 
because this book remember takes place during the Clone Wars and also during the time of Rebels. So it's it's like uh, it takes place in these two different timelines. Um, and uh, Cortosis is kind of it's more of like a organic material, kind of like fibrous. It's like fiber, um, but when you put it in with armor, it makes it. Um, shut lightsabers off when lightsabers touch it. Wait, it makes it shut lightsabers off? Yeah, the lightsaber just goes dead. So the lightsaber just shuts off. It cannot cut through it, and it actually cancels the lightsaber out. Wait, can it turn back on again? Yes, you can turn it back on, but it shuts off. So the the factory was making droids, but also clone armor. Yeah. This is a huge spoiler, so I'm going to record a spoiler alert right now, and I'm going to put it at the beginning. Okay, I just recorded it, and then I cut it, and then I put it at the beginning. See how I did that? Not Magic. yet. No, not yes. Yet, yeah, but you'll, you will do you'll it. hear it. <laughs> All right, so, so yeah. Um, when you you lied to them, mm. you lied. Did I lie? <laughs> okay. So so anyway, so Vader knows now that this was Palpatine's plan too, because Palpatine would want clones to have lightsaber-proof armor so that Order 66 would go smoother, which means Vader found out after the fact that Palpatine had been planning it, right? It wasn't just like, oh no, the Jedi are trying to take over, and then let's tell the clones to kill all the Jedi. It wasn't like that. No, he'd been planning it for years and years and years, and Vader knew that. He found that out at some point. So that, for me, answers a big question that I had. Vader's not smart. No, 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 Palpatine no. is. <laughs> in fact, in this book, Vader's kind of kind of slow compared to uh, Thrawn. Thrawn is like 10 steps ahead of Vader of all the time. Of course he's slow. Thrawn's <laughs> fast. Thra- he's Thrawn the is... quickest. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Thrawn, let's, uh, let's go have a joke. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> I got a few jokes today here. Uh, what is the most sleepy Grand Admiral of them all? Thrawn. Grand Admiral Yawn. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most useless Grand Admiral? Grand Admiral Pawn. Wow. Pawns are not yeah. useless, Daddy. <laughs> Pawns are not useless. Ah, the most I knew, useless. I knew you'd call it. Daddy, Daddy, no, you got it. You said the most useless. The... <laughs> and just uh, kings true. and queens. And they're all... Actually, they're more useful. No, kings are less useful. Yeah. But they're kings more... aren't useful. Really? Okay, let's just lead a king into the battle and get it on the other side so everybody can kill it and win the game. Not useful at all. Kings are pretty. If you don't have weak. the king, yeah, they're very. Yeah. Weak. If you yeah. can't, okay, but if they're still useful. <laughs> if you can't, if you don't have a king, you lost. <laughs> well, so, they're, they're not useful, useful to win, and that's what you mean. That's yeah. what it means when they're useful. True, you don't use the king. Okay, you right. protect Whatever. the king. Anyway, who is grand? Who is the grand admiral laying siege to the capital city of Lothal? Wait, wait, wait. Let me hear. Grand I'm trying to think of it. Admiral. Grand Admiral? What Grand Admiral? Grand Admiral gone. Ah! What? He's gone now. He went away. Grand Admiral gone. You know, because he got, you know. Because of what happened at the end of Rebels. He's gone. Grand Admiral gone. 
Stop it! <laughs> Good job, Danny. Thank you for thinking of three jokes. You thought of three jokes <laughs> yeah. for this podcast. Yeah. That is amazing. Lay yeah. siege to the capital city, Lothal. Yeah, attacking Lothal. Yeah. Capital city of Lothal. Yeah, the last episode, he's he's attacking the capital city of Lothal. And then he's gone. You shouldn't put, put it that way. Why? I mean, the punchline's good, but you shouldn't have made the starting line like that. So long. It's called a setup. Who is Grand Animal? Yeah, you shouldn't. You should have been like, like, spoiler alert now. Um, oh. You should have been like, who tried to stop Ezra and then got sucked into a wormhole? <laughs> Or not, not wormhole, but sucked into hyperspace. Oh, you should, then, then you okay. should send Grand Admiral gone. You're taking, you're use, you're, you're viewing it from a personal level of him and Ezra, but I'm viewing it from like, why was he there? He was basically he was going to attack Lothal, right? Remember, he was going to attack the city to try to. Yeah, but he should have made it closer up to that moment because it doesn't make sense. <sighs> Whatever. Anyway, the fun has just been sucked out of this joke segment, Anna. Thanks a lot. I'm gonna leave all that in. Okay. Attacking the city of Lothal. Who? No, it hasn't, Daddy. Who's the grand animal attacking the city of Lothal? Attacking. No, not all the fun has been taking out of this joke segment. You're right. It's not all. All right. Well. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 111 of Children of the Force. And as always, thank you to those who support us over on patreon.com slash children of the force. Your support allows us to do this podcast and to make it better. And if you'd like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via Twitter. At Force Children. On Facebook, we are Children of the Force. Our email address is forcechildren at gmail.com. Our website is www.childrenoftheforce.com. <laughs> I purposely missed the W. You purposely did that? Yes. That's what I said. www.childrenoftheforce.com. <laughs> and. Okay, awesome. And send us a voicemail uh, via email, or you can head on over to speakpipe.com slash children of the force, and you can record us the voicemail right on that website. And we would love to play it on the show. Uh, and finally, leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere else you listen to us. It helps get the show in more people's ears, so we'd really appreciate it. All right, anything else, kids? Yes. Yeah. What else? Why is it www dot at the beginning of like? Um, it, it stands for World Wide Web. Oh. Yeah, I know. And what's the dot for? Dot? Yeah. Um, it's just so that you can separate that from whatever the website address Daddy, is, Daddy. right? Daddy, uh, So it doesn't just look like wood children, Daddy. you know? There was this right. one thing I really wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. I wonder what this sounds like. You wanted to wipe the microphone with a, yeah. a, a, a tissue? Yeah, I just did it. I wiped the microphone okay. with the tissue. I wanted to hear what it sounds Sorry like. Sorry if that was a bad sound, guys. <sighs> We'll edit it out, probably. Yep, probably. All right, for Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'm Liam. And may the Force be with you.